Happy October 2022. Greetings, everybody. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and welcome to season four. That's right, four seasons of the One America podcast. I am excited to be back. I have a great guest to start off our new season, and we are talking with the former Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, Justin Fairfax, who, as you know, one moment in 2019 was set to become the next governor of the Commonwealth in the wake of the controversy surrounding former Virginia Governor Ralph Northam and pictures that emerged from his medical school days in his yearbook in blackface and in a Klan outfit. And at first he said it wasn't him. Then he says it might have been him. And then there was the press conference with the moonwalking and you remember the whole thing. And Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax became the focal point when allegations emerged against him that he had sexually assaulted not one but two women in his past. And these women went on CBS Morning with Gail King and talked to other major media outlets. It was a pretty dark period for Justin and his family. And some almost four years later, Justin's still trying to clear his family name, his name, and still stands on the ground that these allegations weren't just a mistake, they were false. As you may know, and I will talk about this in an interview that's about to come up, I wrote a piece in the Washington Post uh, last Friday, and I went on the record as one of the people that had called for him to resign, saying that since I had been able to look at some of the evidence that uh, has emerged the FBI is looking into whether or not this was a uh, some type of conspiracy, concerted effort to smear him, uh, to remove him from public office and come up with these horrible allegations against him. This is a great interview. Um, it's long because I didn't want to cut it. So you might want to listen to it in parts. And I want you to really be thoughtful when you listen to this because it's an opportunity to have Justin have his voice heard. And um, I think that matters. I think we always want to give people due process. We always want to hear both sides of the story. Yes, we believe women, but we also need to believe men when they're our brothers, our husbands, our fathers, our sons, and they say that it's not true. And I think that's going to be the challenge of our time and how we balance those two. Stay tuned. This is a good one. Happy October. everybody this is your host Sophia Nelson and welcome to the fourth season of the One America podcast here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everywhere you get your podcasts. I have a special guest today the former Lieutenant Governor of Virginia Justin Fairfax. As many of you know I wrote a very provocative and impactful piece in the Washington Post on Friday. Uh, many of you've seen it in print this morning in the Sunday edition of the Post. But what I want to talk about today is not just my piece with Justin. I want to talk about the incivility of our politics, of our coarseness, of our culture, of how we treat each other, how we go after people. I want to find out what he's doing, what he's thinking about for his future. And we're going to dialogue a little bit about how we think we can maybe fix some of this going forward in the future. So, Justin, welcome to the One America podcast. Thank you so much, Sophia. It's wonderful to be with you. And hello to everyone listening. You sound great, and thank you. We had a little bit of technical stuff, folks, but you know how that works, so we worked it out. Justin, um, l let me get right into it. So you know that I wrote this piece, and you probably yes. woke up and were like, uh-oh, what is this? And uh, so, so give me your thoughts about the piece and, and what you think about the fact that – let me give folks a little background. So, folks, again, if you read the piece, it's in the Washington Post. Uh, it's in the Sunday print edition today, but uh, – the, the juxtaposition of it is this, is that about a few months ago, uh, we were given um, some information from Justin's team through his publicist, Lauren Burke, who's great. And uh, they gave it to every media outlet that, that covered the events of 2019 when the accusations were made against the, the lieutenant governor. And all of us had a chance to look at it. I looked at it. I was mortified in a word. I was stunned um, because I wish I had had that information four years earlier. And uh, for me as a columnist, I feel that my credibility as someone, Justin, who persuades people, who shares what she thinks, 
I feel like I have to be ethical and I have to be above board and I have to get it right. And so when I read the information, um, as you know, I outreached to you and I, I said that I was uh, thinking about doing a column and I wanted to make sure I had everything. And so, folks, that's the backstory for me. My mind was changed by evidence that I saw. And I think that's a really important point for you all to hear. Um, I, I think that the lieutenant governor was smeared. I think that um, he has been treated horribly. I said that. Uh, and I hate that I played a part in that. And I'm woman enough to say that's not what we should do to people in public life. And so when I'm wrong, I'm going to correct myself. And not to mention, as you all know, I went through something myself, not anywhere near as bad as what he went through, but I went through it nonetheless. So, Justin, with that backdrop, what are your thoughts about the piece and just kind of as we lead into this discussion? Yes. Well, thank you so much, Sophia. Uh, and also thank you for your courage, uh, for your integrity. Uh, for your compassion. Uh, you've been really uh, extraordinary in standing up and, uh, you know, both holding, you know, the public accountable, but holding yourself accountable in a very noble way um, for, uh, you know, truth telling, for looking at the evidence, for investigating. And that's really what was missing from day one. Uh, there were people who didn't care about the truth. Uh, there are some people who still don't care about the truth. Uh, there's some people who only are focused on uh, smearing me at that time in 2019. It was to blocked me from the governorship. Uh, and once they uh, felt like they had done and inflicted their political damage, uh, then they just sort of got silent and went away. Uh, and again, like you said, this shouldn't happen to anyone in the United States of America, really anywhere in the, in the world. But uh, our nation is a nation uh, of laws. It's a nation of due process, of the rule of law. Uh, and there are so many things that have been um, raised by the way uh, that, like you said, I've been treated, my family has been treated. I have a very young family. Uh, we have a 12-year-old son, 11-year-old daughter, um, you know, and my uh, my wife's a dentist. And we've had to live through a very nightmarish experience over the last four years based on fabricated accusations uh, and a political smear campaign. Uh, and what really also is fascinating is that no one who either executed this campaign or just went along with it to pardon it, whether it was sort of joining the Twitter mob or the Facebook mob or, you know, do, do, doing any number of things that have happened over the last four years, not one of those people would want this done to them. Hmm. Uh, not one would have observed the golden rule in this case, uh, because if you said you let somebody accuse you of something heinous with no evidence, never have an investigation, no trial, no nothing, uh, label you, try to destroy everything that you and your family has, have ever worked for, not just in our generation, but in every generation before this and try to destroy it for every generation after, no one would want that done to them. So why do they think it was okay to do it to me and to my family? And so I just I don't want anyone else to ever have to go through this ever again. So let me uh, say this: there's been a lot of uh, discussion online in the comments section. And look, when you do what I do for a living, you buckle up every time you write a piece because <laughs> yes. it doesn't matter if I write a piece and I say that the sun is beautiful and it's a precious day out. <laughs> go live your life. People sure. are gonna curse and yell and say vile things. Right. But right. a consistent um, thread of comments that I've seen on Facebook, online, whatever, that I, I think is exactly what I hoped for was that the way I wrote this piece was a bit different. I used yourself as the opening. Yes. And then I talked about Monique Miles, who's an attorney in Alexandria, right. who right. was uh, let go from the attorney general's office. She says they say she resigned. Mm -hmm. um, and of mm -hmm. course, she's filed a lawsuit. Right. And it had to do with her Facebook post over the January 6th Stop the Steal rally and the subsequent yep. riot, insurrection, mm -hmm. however you want to call it. And then I talked about myself briefly. Uh, I've been able to talk about that any number of times, but I thought it was important that I weave these three stories together because there's a thread. We're all African-American. Right. We're all mm -hmm. attorneys. We're all between the age of 42 and 54. And we all had pretty stellar reputations without blemish before these incidents happened in right. our lives. Right. And we literally went from one day, me being a historic scholar in residence at Christopher yes. Newport, uh, right. riding high, we're going to build a women's center. It's yep. fabulous. I'm excited. Yes. Uh, you are the lieutenant governor of Virginia, the second black elected in the history of the state. You are our likely next governor at the time, given the controversy and scandal surrounding the then governor Northam. 
And Monique was, of course, a historic black female deputy attorney general in a Republican administration. Um, and her career gets stalled. Right. So you have the three of us who are all going along one day and then the next day we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> right, right. And what what I'd like you to speak to, and, and I really want you to be a bit vulnerable here, if I can say that, and, more, and take more. us in briefly. Justin, what what is that like to um, experience what you went through? One moment people are talking about you being the governor, and the next moment you're literally defending the unthinkable right. and, and your family. And just kind of take us through, because right. I talked about that, right? I talked about the trauma. Yeah. Yes. That all of us have gone through and are still going yes. through. Yes. And our families were collateral damage. Talk Absolutely. about that a little bit. Yeah. No, thank you, Sophia. And also, let me just thank you because you have shown extraordinary care for my family. You ask about them every time we talk. Uh, you care about my uh, family, um, you know, and, and that means the world to me because uh, that at the end of the day uh, is what, uh, you know, is really, I think, most tragic about what people were willing to do for politics is that they didn't care that we have, uh, at that time, probably eight-year-old daughter. Uh, they didn't care uh, that we have, a, at that time, a nine-year-old son. Um, I'll actually give you a quick, very quick anecdote that might sort of help uh, illustrate this for some of the folks listening. Uh, when this first uh, happened, again, this was all untrue. It was fabricated. It was weaponized, which is why, by the way, four years later, no one uh, who has made these allegations, who propagated them, the lawyers, uh, they don't want to investigate it. And I've never heard of a case uh, like that where someone makes such a serious accusation at a politically uh, you know, opportune moment to achieve a political result. And then for four years, fights to not have anyone look into it. I mean, it's pretty outrageous. Um, and so but uh, as this was going on in 20, uh, 2019, uh, I was in the barbershop with my son. I haven't told the story publicly yet. Um, and we were there and uh, great people at the barbershop. They treated us well throughout the entirety of, of everything. Uh, but one of these commercials came on uh, with uh, some of the footage from the CBS uh, with Gail King uh, interviews of these fabricated claims, these sensational fabricated claims. And they had people, uh, you know, the two accusers, false accusers making these horrific statements, you know, on TV. And it came on as I'm with my son in the barbershop okay. because it was election season. And so they were using me and these false allegations as a boogeyman to scare people. Uh, and so my son turns to me and says, oh, dad, I didn't realize you were on the ballot this year. I didn't realize you had another election. And and I had to, you know, sort of say to him, well, son, I'm, I'm not actually on the ballot this year. And um, yeah, don't worry about that. Don't pay any mind to, to what's going on on TV. It's just politics. But this is how cruel people were being. This is how objectively cruel they were being. Um, and, and there is absolutely trauma from this, not just for us, but for so many other people. Um, I've had, uh, so many women come up to me, uh, including women who say, look, I've looked into this. I've like, you have uh, Sophia, I've I examined this, uh, that, that doesn't add up or I don't believe it's true, but you know, they said, but this, you know, happened to me or my sister or my mother or my brother. And, and, and it hurts that people would rip that kind of scab off just to play politics, um, and then disappear. They're weaponizing people's pain for yeah. politics. And I think it's despicable. I think it's vile. Um, and I think also there is a reckoning with the truth that needs to happen in our nation, uh, because this is way bigger than us. And there are way more important things happening in this moment. Um, this should not be done to anyone. And, and those who engage in it should be held accountable. Uh, and their silence should not be an option uh, to go out and to falsely accuse someone. Uh, and then also to be enabled by an army of lawyers and PR firms and political operatives to push these false allegations for four years to try to destroy someone, their family, their career. And then everyone just gets silent and walk away. Mm -hmm. Justin, what do you say to those who would say that we should always believe women, which of course is a mantra of the Me Too movement. And uh, as I revealed in the article, and I talk about this in my most recent book, my family didn't know. I had to sit them down and tell them before the book came out that as a little girl, I was sexually assaulted quite a bit by a boy in the neighborhood uh and uh, it went on for a pretty long time actually and there were threats and i was little and i didn't know and it's a horror that for a lot of years i blocked out so what so as i said in the piece also for me the turning point was i was actually team justin all the way up to that gail <laughs> king interview 
And I suspect a lot of people flipped after that interview because of the women and the way they appeared and the details of their story and the emotion. And those of us who are survivors, right, we resonate with that. And so I think it struck a chord with a lot of women in this country. What do you say to those who say, well, Justin, you just expect us to believe they're making it up and, and shouldn't we always believe women? What, what do you think about that? Here's what I would say about that. And, and I've obviously thought quite a lot about this and there's been a lot, a lot of discussion over the years about this. Uh, we should listen to everyone um, who makes uh, these sorts of allegations. I think it's important. We should listen respectfully. Uh, we should hear them out. Uh, and then we should investigate mm-hmm. uh, because that's the way that you get to the truth. And that's the way that you get justice. Uh, because here's the challenge. Um, even those who uh, you know want to be heard and want to have their claims taken seriously, and, and everyone should, um, they would never themselves want someone to accuse them of something and have their lives destroyed based on something they know they did not do. Uh, and so we have to really take a step back, have a thoughtful reset, um, because uh, we understand that, that all uh, these allegations should be taken seriously. But it's, it, is, it is a fact, it is a simple fact that not all allegations of any kind are actually true. Not all are true. Many are. I would, I would deem to say most are, hmm. but not all are. And so why take the risk of destroying someone's life for something that may in fact be fabricated as it is in this case? Uh, we have proof that these claims are fabricated, that what is alleged did not happen. Uh, and we took that proof to the FBI. I was so um, adamant about clearing my name about these things that literally did not happen. Uh, the, the accusations of misconduct that I met with the FBI for three hours with no attorney. Uh, and it, and that's, this is a pretty powerful moment because not one person, uh, who, again, who was making the accusations, their lawyers, the PR firms, the political actors, not one of them wants to step foot to meet with the FBI. If they were telling the truth, uh, they would go in there immediately, voluntarily. They wouldn't wait until the FBI knocked on their door. They would just walk in. Um, and we also have reached out to uh, the prosecutors from day one. There were two African-American women uh, prosecutors uh, responsible for both of these cases, one in Boston and one in Durham. Uh, and we begged them to investigate this because if they investigated it, they would find that it was fabricated. It was not true. It's politically motivated. And I have never heard of a case in American history where someone is begging for someone to investigate something. Uh, begging for a criminal investigation and no one will do anything. And yet, and yet people want to treat you as if you've done this. Right. But, but you know, Justin, just... one of the things that struck me, and again, not only the information that your team provided that I thought was, again, it was upsetting. It was unsettling because I'm also a lawyer by background, as are you. You're a former yeah. prosecutor. Yes, and <laughs> that's right. We yeah. both took an oath to the Constitution when we were sworn in as attorneys. Yes. And I take seriously my ethics and I take seriously yeah. the rule of law. And for journalists to be so negligent, again, I'm a columnist. That's a bit different, right? We we sure. we specialize like we're like pundits on the TV, right? We, <laughs> we have an opinion. Sure. Right, right. But when I'm doing a, a news story for CBS or for the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or CNN or over in the UK for The Guardian or BBC right. and all the outlets that covered this, these people were supposed to be fact checkers. They were supposed to go digging. They were supposed to turn over every stone and get to the truth. And instead, what happened was a lot of sensationalism, a lot of get yes. this guy, this right. guy's evil, he's a rapist. Yes. Talk about what has happened to our culture in the public square, Justin. Like, how the hell did we get here? <laughs> yeah. It, it uh, is, how do we get it, here? You know, it, it really is um, such a, 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 a very serious problem. Uh, it's a threat, frankly, to the health and the safety of, of our entire democracy, I believe. Um, and I think what was done to you uh, in terms of people immediately wanting to, as you said in your column, give you the instant career death penalty. Uh, some of uh, some of the people not even knowing anything about the controversy, but just hearing that people on Twitter were attacking you. Um, and then some, you know, not wanting to engage in good faith or be thoughtful about um, you know, First Amendment issues are just discussing and really just getting to the heart of things. You know, this 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 new ethos where it is about 
utterly destroying people. Politics of personal destruction. Um, it has just been. It has just be increased in velocity, um, and 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 it's and it's fascinating to watch because uh, people are some many people are okay with the mob so long as they're in it. Uh, they, they they don't like the mob when the mob may turn on them, and so. Uh, mobs have never been good uh, in any context, certainly not for African-Americans um, and, and not in this country. And so we have got to have a reset. I've said this a long time ago. We need a thoughtful reset of our culture, of our politics, uh, of our civil discourse. Uh, it's become more than uh, non-civil. Uh, it, it has actually become hateful. Yeah. Justin, um, you made some headlines. Let me interrupt because you're, you're bringing yeah. up some good stuff and I want to get yeah. to as much as we can in the next yeah. 15 minutes. I'm going to extend this a little bit longer, but I... Yeah. I um, you got into some, you you stirred some feathers during the the gubernatorial primary for the Democrats here in uh twenty twenty one, twenty twenty rather, yep. uh going into to twenty twenty one or was it the twenty twenty one election? Correct. Twenty twenty one election. Correct. Right. Uh, yes. So yes. yes, and so you were in a debate and you were on a stage with Terry McAuliffe and the other candidates, and you said that Terry McAuliffe. And, and indeed others had treated you like Emmett Till and like George Floyd. And that mm -hmm. really riled some folks up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What were you trying to say and why was it important? Yeah, what I was saying there was that uh, they gave me no due process. There was no investigation. Uh, Terry McAuliffe, within three minutes of a press release, called for my immediate resignation. Uh, he said that the allegations were, in his view, serious and credible. Uh, I can no longer serve as lieutenant governor, a position that 1.36 million Virginians elected me to a record number for Lieutenant Governor at the time uh, that my family had sacrificed literally for generations of descendants of someone who was enslaved and freed in 1798, Simon Fairfax, my great, great, great grandfather. And in three minutes, he could determine that all that should be destroyed uh, with no evidence, no facts, no investigation and no due process. And so here, here's the thing I also wanna continue to emphasize. Terry McAuliffe would not want someone to do that to him. If someone accused him of something uh, and three minutes later called for him to resign or get out of a race, do you think he'd do it? Of course he wouldn't do it. But he felt as though he could treat me this way, um, an African-American, the second African-American elected lieutenant governor. And also, what does that mean for how he would treat an African-American who was not lieutenant governor? Um, this is what we have to stop in this country. Um, and this I rush to judgment this lack of evidence, this, this disregard for people's lives, particularly when we're in a moment where black lives are supposed to begin to start mattering to people. Um, they're proving time and time again that they don't. Uh, mm -hmm. Terry wouldn't want that done to a member of his family. He wouldn't want that done to him. Uh, but yet Terry and, and LeVar Stoney, the mayor of Richmond, uh, who is his, uh, you know, sort of uh, mentee, uh, you know, who engaged in this, the, the LeVar Stoney is connected to both of the false accusers here. Um, I had never, uh, Sophia, in 40 years been accused of jaywalking. I had a top secret security clearance. And I know you know what this means. You're a congressional investigator. A, yep, I have one too. Right, exactly. And then you don't, they don't hand those out. Uh, just to mm -hmm. anybody. Not to us. No. That right? And, and so, put, put a pin in that for a moment. This oh, is kind of, as Oprah would say, one of those aha moments. Um, and I think yep. this is important for the audience because, again, this country has a sickness. I've talked about it many yes. times on this podcast around race. Yes. And the biggest sickness that this country has is that those who are not of color and particularly not black people and having lived in black skin in this country right. have no concept of what we deal with on a day to day, particularly when we're educated, particularly right. when we've climbed to the highest heights as prosecutors, as yep. lieutenant governors, as scholars or professors or as deputy attorney generals. They have no clue the price we pay yes. in emotional distress and right. trauma, the right. shit, and right. I said it, I cussed, <laughs> the speak, shit speak, that we speak. shovel and deal with on a regular, and we have to grin and bear it. Now, right. I say that to say, a lot of people were like, well, Sophia, why did you have to bring in race? Why couldn't you just say <laughs> that the three of you all got canceled? I'll tell you why I had to bring in race. And you really need to sit with this, folks, right. and get a grip that it matters. And yes. that Justin Fairfax was treated in a way that nobody else who was similarly situated, as we lawyers would say, was treated. Right. Ralph Northam was the focus of attention of everybody. Ralph Northam had either been in blackface 
or he was in a clan outfit. I right. don't know which one. Right. One day he did it and he was sorry. The next day it wasn't him. And then the next day after that, you were the boogeyman and nobody was talking about him or right. Mark Herring and right. their blackface. Right. The two white governor and the attorney general all of a sudden weren't the subject. You were a rapist all of a sudden. Never an inkling, never, <laughs> never like you said, a jaywalking ticket, never a, a, a DUI, nothing. And all of a sudden you were a rapist and everybody was talking about you. Folks, sit with that for a moment and just think for a moment. Just think. How does that even sit with you? Right. Does that even sound right? Does that sound like justice? Does that sound like fairness? Does that sound like equity? Does that sound like the black guy on the ticket, the black guy on the team went from being the good guy who was going to be the next governor to right. all of a sudden, he's the mad rapist. You better keep your daughter away from him. Does <laughs> right. that not play to our oldest racial tropes and yeah. stereotypes in America? Right, yeah. Justin? I mean, yeah. am I wrong? You No, you're absolutely right. It's vile. It's despicable. And we've had about 400 years uh, experience with it. And and that's why I you know, stood up, uh, Sophia, not not just in that moment. You know, the people who wanted to uh, wanted me to immediately resign again, Terry McCullough, within three minutes of a press release. You had a delegate, Patrick Hope, who threatened immediately to impeach me 24 hours after these allegations came out. Impeach me. Based so on both U.S. senators wanted you to resign. Everybody no, jumped want, on the bandwagon. I actually, yeah, but not one. one. Mark, I will tell you this. Uh, I give huge uh, kudos to uh, Senator Mark Warner, to Congressman Bobby Scott, and to Governor L. Douglas Wilder. They stood up in that moment with courage, and they said, you know what? Um, yeah, if this is true, he should resign. But you know what? How about we have due process? How about we have an investigation? How about we figure out whether or not these are true or false? Mm -hmm. And And if everyone had taken that stance, Right. It would have reflected the values of our country in the 14th Amendment. Ironically, a post-Civil War amendment meant to protect yep. uh, the previously enslaved. Right. Because people mm -hmm. were destroying their lives in a heartbeat with absolutely no rule of law and no due process and no investigation. Mm -hmm. That's why we have due process. Why we have the 14th Amendment applied to the states, because people were doing things like what they did to me in 2019 every single day with no consequence. So we were supposed to have advanced from that. Uh, 150 years later, and yet uh, they dragged us 150 years back in three minutes uh, with a press release. Uh, Nancy Erica Smith and Deborah Katz, these attorneys, uh, have continued to uh, vociferously put out these vile statements, the going after me and hurting my, not giving a, a two seconds worth of thought to anybody in my family, my friends, or anybody else. Um, and it, what's fascinating too, you mentioned similarly situated. Uh, and now President Joe Biden, who I have tremendous respect for uh, and like a great deal, he's actually been very kind to my family. My, my uh, cousin just passed recently, he worked for uh, Vice President Kamala Harris and, and the Biden-Harris administration has been extraordinary to us. And they've been they've been doing a great job uh, otherwise. But as you recall, Joe Biden was accused uh, also of sexual assault mm -hmm. a year after I was accused and some of the exact same. People, yeah, while he was running for president. I was running for president <laughs> and the, the exact same people who immediately called for my uh, resignation, for my head, for my. You know, destruction in every respect, personal, career, political, and otherwise, either had nothing to say when Joe Biden was accused or they were actively defending him. And they wanted to investigate. Or, or worse, and um, Alyssa Milano, oh, y'all, I'm going to call you by name. You know who you are. <laughs> you meet too, to me too, ladies. And you're always welcome on this platform to talk if you got something to say. But I'm going to tell you what, I watched their tweets and I paid attention. And yeah. you're right. Yeah. They were, in some cases, attacking Miss Reedy and saying she was crazy right. and right. she was a lunatic right. and she was she, right. she she was dangerous. And, and you know, it's, it's an interesting thing that we pick and choose who we like and who we don't like, right? And who we're yeah, going to stick right. up for or not. And so in the last 10 minutes that we have, Justin, sure. I want to talk about uh, a couple things. One, sure. first and foremost, how are you doing and how is your family doing? Yeah. Well, again, thank you for asking. We are uh, we are blessed. We're very good. As you mentioned, uh, you know, we've been through a very traumatic experience, um, I, and which is also why I have a such a strong uh, resolve that I don't want this to happen to anyone else. I know how horrific it is. Uh, you know, I was a, a partner at an international law firm. I had this incredible career, uh, both, you know, before, even before politics. Right. Legal career, former federal prosecutor. Um, you know, we live uh, in the suburbs of uh, D.C. and Fairfax County. And, you know, and, and we were, you know, having an extraordinarily, you know, blessed life. And we still do. But people put us through something that was so horrific. I had to end up having to leave my law firm. There was so much pressure with these false accusations. They didn't care about the destruction that it wrought. 
Um, they didn't care that, that for instance, we've had security issues. Um, mm -hmm. I, uh, we had to, you know, make different security arrangements for our children. Uh, Sophia, people don't know, I've never talked about this publicly. I've, I've gotten death threats because yep. of these fabricated okay. accusations and I, and you should, and, I, and I'm so sorry, that should never happen. People don't understand uh, that when these are not just smear campaigns, it's not just politics. We are not just characters on a television screen. Um, we're real people with real lives and real families and real children. Um, and so to, it, it, they should think about their own children. Would you want your child to have to see what he saw uh, in the barbershop, these false accusations and you being um, really just maligned, uh, made into a caricature of something you didn't do? Um, would they want their kids to have to go to school and hear about these horrific things again that did not happen? And would they want somebody who would continue and keep this up with um, almost without ceasing. But Justin, of course not. You and I both know the answer that we are in this new age of what I call thumb thugging. They're thumb thugs. They are <laughs> yes, Twitter right, bullies. Right, they're right. mobs. There, there's a story out today. I think it's in the New York Times with these two. Um, they're scientists, but they're techie scientists, and they deal with algorithms, algorithms, right, and right. all that. And they have uncovered what I think we all suspected that. You, there are basically bot farms, right? Sure, so yes, if you right. let's say there's right. a buzzword like there's civil rights or there's you know abortion rights or whatever, yeah. there are buzzwords that are kind of plugged in so that when Sophia Nelson, as a Christian, as a person of faith, and as a citizen of the Commonwealth of Virginia during a gubernatorial election about parental rights is the number one issue, sure, right? Comments about a comic book. A comic right, book right, character, right? Not right, anybody right. at her university, not right. anybody on her faculty, not tagging anybody. This is Sophia right. Nelson, the pundit, the person they hired, they brought in, and they knew who I was, right? And somebody who doesn't like my viewpoint, really, my question, because I really didn't express a view, sure. but didn't like my question, brought that into my workplace, right. whipped up a mob, whipped up petitions, whipped yep. up public uh, repudiation and protest ruins me on the internet, defames right. me in such a way yes. that now not only do I no longer have a job at Christopher Newport University, but there's no other university that's going to touch me and hire me because I'm the anti-gay, homophobic, bigot, oh my goodness. racist, <laughs> no, right. gay-hating, transgender-bashing <laughs> jerk. Right. Mm, and, mm, and, mm. and what these people do to you, Justin, and you know this real well, and right. folks, I need you to hear this because we're two real human beings. We have a heartbeat. Yes. We breathe. Absolutely. We both have mothers that are still Absolutely. alive that work their asses off for That's us to right. get what we got in life. Right. Absolutely. And they had to watch their kids be smeared and traumatized. Justin's had to go to therapy. I've had to go to therapy. Yeah. Am I oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, absolutely. And in fact, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because this is something that I think more people need to hear and talk about. I'll just share very briefly. Our, our, our daughter plays lacrosse and she had a tournament this weekend. Uh, and it's something called Morgan's Message. And I actually wanted to get that in here. It's an incredible story of a young lady who played lacrosse at Duke uh, University. She's a, a spectacular person. Um, and the family has created a foundation and this is huge public uh, lacrosse fields and uh, this mission to uh, she she uh, died by suicide uh, in actually in July of 2019. And but the family wanted to turn that pain into purpose. And I think that's a also what you are doing and what uh, I am working uh, with others to do as well. Um, and so they, they actually want, you know, more mental health counseling for everyone, right? But particularly for the athletics community where people taught that, you know, like we are almost sort of political and uh, scholarly and legal athletes, right? I'll shake it off. They're tough. That Sophia can handle it. I've seen her deal with worse stuff. What they don't understand is that you are a real person. You know? Well, I think to, to that point and, and kind of back to uh, what I was saying is it doesn't matter if if we're going to be America, and we're going to be Americans, and we believe in our founding documents and our founding principles. Freedom of speech is probably the most fundamental of all of them. Right. Freedom of right. faith, freedom right. of speech, but also the right to, if you're going to be accused, somebody has to bring it, like you said, give you due process, have an investigation, and give you a chance to clear your name. Right. But what's happening now is, Justin, and again, we both talked about the trauma that they feel entitled to inflict upon you because the moment they called you a rapist, they changed right. the game because right. now you were evil. Right. You were no longer human. You no longer had a soul. You were a monster. Right. And once I make you a monster and you're a black male and it feeds into all the racial stereotypes 
uh, tropes and types, right? And then what happens is what? They can readily pounce on you and abuse you because right. you deserve it. It's right. consequences, as they call right. it, for your action. <laughs> right. Who right. the hell do you people think you are out there that you get to give people consequences? Because like Justin said, you better be careful. You better not make a mistake. You better not slip up. You better not tweet the wrong thing, post the wrong thing. <laughs> you better not have anything in your past at all that right. can be in any way construed that you abused, touched in the wrong way, uh, we're drinking in the wrong place because they're going to get you. And that's right. the world we're living in. And what I want to know from you, Justin, is given that you've been through it, I've been through it. I don't know Monique as well, but I know that she's a human being. And I know that it's never good to have your name in the Washington Post in a negative way, as you know, and, and, and to lose your job and, and to have to file a million dollar lawsuit to try to recover what you've lost. Right. And I think the thread for the three of us is, just because we're still alive, just because we 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 don't have a, a cloth and have rent dirt in our hair and, and you know, on the ground, <laughs> right, uh, you right, know, begging right. for bread, that right. somehow what we went through was okay. And it isn't okay. And it right. wasn't okay. And so my question to you is, uh, and I'm going to let you kind of finish this out as we wrap in the next cool. five minutes. What do we do, Justin? Like, you and I know the hell of it because we've been through it. We lived right. it. But, but <laughs> right. what are we going to do to fix it, I guess, is the question. It's it's the right question. And as I said, it's all about turning your pain into purpose. Um, I think what uh, happened, and particularly to, to you and myself, should never happen again. No one should lose their job based on an accusation. No one should be uh, you're the subject of a vile sort of ongoing smear campaign. And no one should, particularly in an academic setting, not have any opportunity to uh, talk about anything, right? And if you say the wrong word or the wrong thing at one moment, everything you've worked for for your entire life and career, some people believe they can now destroy that. And I just think that's got to stop. That has to stop in this moment. I think uh, I think there's a lot of powerful things that um, that I can do, that you can do, that you and I can do together. Um, and, and I think that the country needs that at this moment. Um, interesting, I want to mention something else. I also have university uh, ties here. So, you know, Duke University, where I was on the board of trustees, I was on the board of visitors, the Sanford School, 23-year uh, spectacular relationship. My wife and I are big donors there. Uh, they got rid of me off of a board in, 20, in 43 minutes. A press release came out with these false accusations, and they got rid of me and, uh, you know, off the board. I mean, it's, it's outrageous. And they would never do this to, to anyone else. Um, and, and so it's it's sort of like, but they want to now say nothing and, and duck and hide and not address it. They have the evidence that you saw. Duke University has it and they have had it for some time. They know that these accusations are false. Put a pin um, in that for a moment. Yeah. Stop there, because, again, I want people to absorb what you're saying. Folks, listen to me. I'm going to recap a little bit. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm do what we used to do in law school class. OK, first takeaway here is that. Do not believe everything that you read or see on Twitter or, or see in the news without doing some investigating yourself. There's this thing called Google. You can go and look things up. You can get on uh, all kinds of search engines and legal search engines. You can look up things. If you're an intelligent thinking person, use your brain and think. The what? second takeaway is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now I know that we no longer live by corny, hokey stuff like the golden rule, but I do. It's important. It's important. Oh, it's important. And yeah. that's why I'm on this podcast. That's why, listen, I wrote a piece that I knew was going to be controversial. That's what I do. <laughs> and I have a number of my mentors that called me this morning and said, well written and well done, but why would you defend that guy? And why would you? And I'm like, wait a minute, stop. You didn't read the piece because there was evidence I saw and information I saw that right. gave me pause. Right. Right. And I don't think he was treated right. Well, right. but why, why, why would you get into that? You got your own stuff to worry about. Why, why get yourself in trouble for this guy? I'll tell you why, because I'm a Christian right. and the Lord I serve tells me that how I treat people matters yep. and that yep. if I'm wrong, I apologize and I say I'm wrong and I try to make amends if I can and that I do do unto others as I want done unto me. The, the last thing right. is to Justin's point is this notion of what we do going forward. And the takeaway for me is he talks about Duke really bothers me because again, 
if they've read what I've read, and if they have seen the Washington Post story about the yep. FBI looking into these allegations. Yes, they have it all. Yep. And if they saw what I saw and, and that they know that there is the world's largest and most prolific investigative body, the FBI looking into this, wouldn't that beg the question that they like me would say, wait a minute. We need to give Justin the benefit of the doubt here. We need to make right. If we did the wrong thing, we need to make it right. And I want you all to be clear about where my heart is and what my motives are. And yes, to those of you who are being critics online and tearing me up and saying, well, you only cared when it happened to you and you got canceled. You know what? You're right. Let me just go on and say, you're right. Because you know what? That's how selfish human beings work. That's how we are. Because at the end of the day, what you're going to do when they come for you, that's that's it. At the end of the day, it can happen. If it can happen to me and Justin and we're at the top of the game, it can happen to you. It can happen to anybody. And so, Justin, I I wanted to just kind of put a pin in that because, I'm troubled with and want to know, and again, we've got just a few more minutes. I'm extending this, but I want to know, how does it feel knowing that Sophia Nelson is the only one who's said anything, written anything, and other people who we both know who got the same stuff I got and who have much bigger platforms than me haven't said a word. What I mean, what do you feel about people that won't clean up what they know is wrong? Yeah. Well, I, what I feel is that uh, what Dr. Martin Luther King uh, once said, which is that there comes a point at which silence is betrayal. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not even betrayal of me. It's betrayal of the truth. It's betrayal of someone's own integrity. It's betrayal of the rule of law. Um, and again, if this were happening to them, no one can answer that question for me. Uh, those who have engaged in this in the past, who continue to engage in it or who are silent, no one can answer me the question of if someone did this to you, if Terry McAuliffe targeted you and LeVar Stoney targeted you with these fabricated accusations and they ran it up the hill, you had PR firms and lawyers for years, never wanting this looked into, but wanting to just destroy you. Would you be OK with that if they did it to you? Hell no, no they wouldn't be OK no, with no one Hell no. that question for me. And then they just get mad at you. They get mad. They get more mad. Why are you even talking about this? It's, it's it, it has to stop. Why are I, you I, talking I, about it? Wow. Do people actually say that to you? Oh, oh all the time. Oh, why is he bringing this up? And isn't isn't it, you know, too this too bad, but let's move on. I say, well, we're not moving on because, you know, we can't move on, particularly where this injustice lingers. But also, I don't want this done to anyone else. Uh, There is, Sophia, I just want to mention this as well. At George Mason University, there is a specific uh, lab for character assassination and reputation politics. It's called CARP, C-A-R-P. And it literally is the study of what has happened to you and myself to to um, to character assassination. Let me just very quickly, this will take me five seconds. Well, we're going to have to call up Mark Rosell and make sure he gets us over there to talk. And because uh, we should have a forum about this. for We sure. would but love it. And, and, and then look, give me give me two seconds. Just l- listen to this. This is how they describe it. Character assassination is the deliberate destruction of an individual's reputation or credibility through character attacks. The techniques include negative campaigning, spreading rumors, anonymous online defamation, and many other tactics. All of these are common in contemporary politics, but character attacks can also be used against celebrities, sound familiar, athletes, scientists, and others with a high public profile. Attackers target the private lives, values, and identity of their victims in an attempt to discredit them and subject them to scorn and ridicule. Character assassination has been a widespread method of power struggle for centuries. That's from George Mason University. Yeah, let me say this about that. So, your attackers and accusers were very public about what they did on very public platforms, first shady undercover. And then they went on these major media platforms, namely CBS news. Yes. In my case, it was one woman who really has a reputation institutionally of being a troublemaker. Hmm. Uh, She's openly bisexual, which frankly is none of my damn business. And I'd prefer not to know about that kind of thing. It's none of my business in the workplace. But secondly, this woman doesn't know the things that I know. She will find out that I know them soon. But she doesn't understand that people that live in glass houses should not throw stones. Right. And so when we're going to go after somebody. And we're going to tear up somebody's life and defame them and destroy them and paint them in a false light. 
Right. Folks, you ought to be careful out there because the internet is forever. <laughs> it is. Right, it Justin? Is. It's yeah, forever. Yeah, it, it is. No, it is. It is. And, and information now has a way of coming to the spotlight that you just couldn't imagine. And again, Justin and I are living proof that one day your life looks one way, the next day it's another way. Right. And I say that to say that for those of you who take pleasure or joy or think that you are inflicting consequences or right. feel that you are entitled to wreck someone's life or to traumatize their children, you really need a soul check yes. because something's broken with you. Yes. Because that's uh -huh. not okay. And as Justin has said six times on this podcast, you wouldn't like it if it were done to you. Right. That, that's right. That's exactly right. And 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 I also was taught in an early age, Sophia, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. and, and so you often find there are people who are weaponizing their own pain or their own trauma, um, which I would hope that they would heal from. But they then use it to try to destroy others. And so, uh, you know, again, in our case, we have literal proof that these things are not true, that they're fabricated, right, made up. Uh, things well, in my case, the tweet was true, but the tweet was cherry picked out of one out of 10. And anybody reading, which is why my good friends in major media who are in same sex marriages, who right. are visibly right. and very outwardly gay, right. come to my house, right. did oh, book sure. events with yeah. me, have me on their shows because they knew it was bogus. Right. And they know me and they know I'm nothing akin to being transphobic or against the gay community, nothing of the sort. But my right. point is, right. Justin, right. is this, is that what is it that we can do? Legislation, is it, what, what, what do we need to do to respect the First Amendment and to respect, you know, the right to defend yourself, the right to, if you're accused, to due process. What is it that you and I can do and what can we do and should do so that nobody goes through this again? Right. I, I think there are a number of things. I mean, what immediately comes to mind is we, we have to strengthen and insist on universal due process protections. When we get into this world where you can pick and choose, as you mentioned, who you're defending and who you're not, who you're allowing to have an investigation and who you're not, who you're putting on leave immediately and who you're not, who you're paying and who you're not, who you're firing, who you're not, and you sort of are selective in doing that, that throws due process out the window. So we need to have at a, at a state level, uh, you know, sharper um, enforcement of, of due process protections, both, you know, private sector companies and in public sector uh, for instance, universities. Um, this has to happen. That's number one. Two, there needs to be more accountability and consequences for people who engage in this kind of behavior. Um, as you know, our defamation laws are woefully inadequate yep. to deal with this type of character assassination. Yeah, Sullivan versus New York Times needs to be scrapped. It's a terrible ruling. Yeah, it's terrible. because what it does is essentially allows almost any public figure to be defamed at a yep. drop of a hat yep. without any consequences. Yep. And so there are exceptions to that, including ones that are, in our case, in New York Public Radio, had a tremendously defamatory broadcast where... Uh, we're now suing over that. Um, they they didn't even interview Meredith Watson, uh, who was the uh, other accuser, didn't interview her. She hadn't spoken in two and a half years, and they still put her audio from the CBS interview on air. I mean, it's just outrageous. It, it, well, it, Justin, there's no accountability, hun. So that's why they do it, right? Because to your point, in this in, in the world I grew up in, I'm older than you by a minute, but in the world <laughs> I, mean, I grew not up by in, much, not by much, but <laughs> well, well, in the world I grew up in, though, Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings, Dan Rather were the law. And when they right. got on television, none of us thought they had an agenda. None of us thought they were left wing or right wing. They just gave us the straight news. And I'm old enough to remember the Gary Hart thing. And when they finally reported that story, they had pictures. They had busted him. They waited. They held it. If you watched the uh, the made for TV movie that right. Hugh Jackman started, yes. it was actually right. very interesting because they showed you the levels and the layers they had to go through before their their executives and and the news stations would let them put it on because right, right. they were worried they had to get it right exactly and we that, don't and live in that world anymore that world doesn't exist and we need to get back to that because it, it is it is uh, it is such a t horrible problem in our nation and i'll tell you just really quickly an example from our situation uh, yeah, when, we're well over time here so you got to wrap it tight we're I, way I, over here, here's a tight thing uh, the uncorroborated story had come out a year before. They were trying to get into Washington Post. Couldn't. There's no corroboration. It comes right when uh, Governor Northam has that issue. Uh, there are text messages that we have where they say, we got to get this to the local press today. So they get it in through a blog. So if you can't get it in through the Washington Post, right, because they have a standard and publishing procedures, 
they just said, well, we just need to get it somewhere, right? Because we just got to smear this guy today so he won't be governor. I mean, that that's what this was. And that was Adrian Sharp and Thad Williamson and all uh, connected to, to LeVar Stoney. I mean, this is one of the most horrific smear campaigns in history with, with one of the most consequential ones, both racially, politically, in Virginia and in American history. And it's got to lead to powerful, positive change. We so have I suggest it. we do something that, you know, we've been talking about for a minute. Full disclosure, Justin and I know each other. We're both yes. in Black Greek organizations here yes. in, in Virginia. We're in a lot of the same circles. His uh, sister-in-law, is Kalita your sister-in-law? What is Kalita? Uh, Kalita is my family. She she claim I claim her. She won't claim me. Uh, <laughs> she's <laughs> she's married to somebody in your family. Yeah, I know. We that. the branches cross somewhere, and you know, actually, my my uh, my actually my sister, um, my oldest uh, sister in law, Lisa Fairfax, is the one who introduced Justice. Yes, absolutely. So that that whole crew. But Kalita and I are tight, and again, yes, full disclosure. Cool. But the truth is, folks, I was tough on Justin, and I said that I was tough because everybody that knows me knows black women are sacrosanct in my book. And, sure. and, in, and in mine too. And, and, <laughs> right? Yes, and, so and I was distressed, but I'm woman enough and I'm calling on all my fellow journalists. Many of you listen to this podcast. You definitely have read the piece because you're texting me, you're DMing me. Stop being <laughs> yeah. a coward. Yeah. Come out yeah. of the shadows. Right. Say, I didn't get it right. Let this man have a platform to speak like I'm doing. Let him have something to say in his, not in his defense, but allow him to just be heard and, and be treated like a person. And that's kind of, I think, Justin, what you and I need to do is we're going to have to get together, uh, me, a longtime Republican, you, a longtime Democrat. Yep. And we're going to have to put on our public policy hats and get some other good people. And I think we're going to have to start a movement here because yes. this we can't we can't let this continue to happen to people. It's, it's just not OK. Right. I totally agree. And it's got to change and got to turn this pain in, into purpose. But uh, the first thing is going to be, again, accountability. People have to do what you're doing. Stand up publicly. Uh, take responsibility, uh, accountability. It, it takes courage and integrity to do what you're doing. And and, and I, actually, Sophia, you know this. Even all those things that were written, and I understand you didn't have all the information and and you didn't know me, right? And so, but the more those things changed, the more the evolution took place. And finally, you're, you're arrived at this place of understanding that these were fabricated. I did not do these things. And it was a smear campaign. But here's the thing. Even when I reached out to you, one, you were receptive to the outreach. Mm -hmm. um, and two, I said, uh, you know, I, this won't be a negative conversation. Despite, you know, everything that was written, I, I don't take that part of it personally because, you know what, we have got to find a way to break these cycles of, of mutual destruction. For I mean, for everybody in the world. I mean, we've got to stop doing this to each other. Um, and I think, I hope that the future is about um, kindness and compassion and not about cruelty. I would see so much cruelty yeah. And that's really at the heart of, of both. Of I like that um, that word, and I made sure I worked it into the piece. And I, I know yeah. at William's yeah. funeral, you talked about that and, and how what a good young man he was and Phenomenal. not Spectacular at all thing. that way. And I think, and I'll have after commentary folks, as I always do. This is a long podcast, but this is an interesting one. So I know y'all will yes. be more than listening. You'll probably <laughs> wish that I had gone longer. But the thing is, is this, is that... At the end of the day, I think what I want you all to take away, one, I wanted you to hear Justin's voice. I wanted you to yeah, hear him say I, it in his own words. I wanted yeah. to give him an opportunity just to talk a little bit about what he's been through, what he's doing, how he's doing, and the fact that you hear in this man, not a bitter man, no. not an angry man, not a right. man who's out for vengeance, but a man no. who wants no. to write this and make sure that his family name which has such an amazing history here in the commonwealth dating right. back to slavery right um and and, right. and the goodness of the fairfax name his brother's the dean at american university law school yes. my alma mater yeah absolutely and, and you know um he talked absolutely. about his sister-in-law being best friends with our newest supreme court justice yes, she introduced her. so he comes from a family of amazing people good people and i just wanted you to get to know him a little bit and appreciate that more importantly I wanted you to hear us both as human beings and remember yes. that we are people just like you. We have families just like you. Absolutely. I had a sick parent when this was going on. I yep. was the sole caretaker. Yep. I was having major bladder surgery. You know how painful mm -hmm. it is to have your bladder operated? Oh, oh no, absolutely. I mean, and it's, it's they terrible. were protesting me just in the day I was having bladder surgery. Mm -hmm. How, how mm -hmm. cruel is that? Talking that's, about the cruelty and the, the nastiness. Cruelty. And the, the viciousness and reporters are calling me while I'm 
you know, being wheeled into surgery. And then afterwards, I'm trying right. to recover. And then my recovery was hampered. My book had to be pulled from Simon & Schuster because right. there was too much negative press and too much going right. on. I almost right. lost my book deal. Yeah. The Outrageous. hell I've been through, the hell you've been yeah. through, oh, yeah. the hell I'm sure Monique has been through. It's not yeah. worth. It's not worth it. No, it's, it's, it's not at all. And again, no one who's engaged in this would want it done to them. I, I think, though, I just go back to the, the McCarthy hearings. You, you talked about going back to Walter Cronkite in those days. And, you know, McCarthy hearings at some point uh, when, when people he was pushing these false claims, he's just destroying people's lives on a word, uh, unsubstantiated, you know, accusations, just horrific, some completely made up, you know, and, and, and others just taking the, the, the most dim view of human humanity. Right. And he's just going after people. I remember there's a senator who just at some point said, look, have you no shame? Have you no decency? Have Margaret you no Chase Smith, my right? hero. And, and, right. And so it, it, that's that's what we've got to get back to. Stop doing this to people because you would not want it done to you. Yeah, it's simple. And that's a good way to end. Look, folks, I know this was a longer than usual podcast, probably the longest we've ever had. I knew it was going to be a problem. <laughs> Justin likes to talk. <laughs> you know, I, told, I was going to say, that's me. I, um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we, we, may, we may break it up into two segments. I'll let sure. the guys figure that out. We'll have it up tomorrow as always uh for you to have on monday on demand um sunday of course you get it and it's it's available for you at 9 a.m or after but i think what's important here is that you hear the human being and i'm going to keep saying that because whatever you believe you should believe that everybody has a right to due process that everybody if i've upset you with my tweet if i've upset you with my facebook post well, can't we speak about it? Do right, I have to be right, ruined? Right, do you have right, to exactly. attack me? Do I have to lose right. my job? Do I have right. to be a demon? Do you have to make me out to be a monster because you feel, quote, unsafe with somebody you've never even met who's not even in any physical proximity to you? Right. Think about the rationality <laughs> right. of that for a right. moment, right? Right. right. And, 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 and we're people. And our lives got upended in ways you have no clue about. So when those of you get on, you pop off and you think it's cute. Talk right. about what people deserve. Remember, you reap what you sow. Right. So you might want to think about that. Justin, last word, and you got to keep it tight because I'm way over. Well, Sophia, my, my last words are going to be God bless you. Thank you so much. I'm uh, grateful to you. As I told you publicly, we forgive you. Uh, my whole family does because uh, that's what we do. Um, that's what we all do. And, and you have risen and elevated in this moment. And I just hope that everybody follows your example. Um, and we can get to a better place as a nation, but we have got to rise to the better angels of our nature. We got to stop uh, doing this to one another. And people need to start being held account accountable and tell the truth. Um, let's get to a better place. I know we can do it. Well, I think that um, nothing happens by accident. I think uh, <laughs> I we that. are tethered in this moment, in this yes. time that's of yes. consequence for our country and our yep. Commonwealth. And I think we're two good people who... Yep have been through some rough stuff but my yeah. hope is is that we will not just work together but we'll bring other people in who are concerned and Absolutely. you know if you if you want to know why people don't run for office this is why folks right if, if you want to know why good people right. stay home and don't want to do it this is why right. that's right and that's, that's right. too bad because justin you had the courage to step into the arena and i want you to know, i appreciate you for that because that's you. never that's easy yeah, and same um, to you. And, and, and uh, I look forward to seeing what we're going to do in the future. It's going to be powerful. God bless all right, you all. Friend. Thank you so much. Take Thank care. You. Thanks, Sophia. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, folks, it's me. Thank you for listening. I know that this was uh, one of our longest podcasts ever, but I think it's important when you're dealing with a topic like canceling somebody's life damaging someone's reputation, um, causing people's families to have to be fearful for their safety. And we're dealing with careers being ruined and reputations being tarnished, maybe forever. I think it's worthy of us spending time and dialoguing about it. Uh, Justin and I mentioned at the end of the podcast that we are going to actually try to do something about this. And we are. And uh, we're working on it. We're working on it with some other real good folks, some Democrats, some Republicans, some independents, some non-affiliated, some pastors, some attorneys, some legislators, uh, some activists, good people from all walks of life that are tired. They're tired of the bullying. 
They're tired of the mob mentality. They're tired of people having to be forced to think things, say things, or else. People not being given due process when they're accused of things. People being taken out because somebody's feelings are hurt. We can't live that way. That's not America. That's not the best of us. And all of this division and hatred and anger and even violence is being spurred up by the lack of civility and the lack of respect and the lack of basic humanity and grace and goodness and kindness. So stay tuned. I'm in. I'm in the arena. And I'm determined not to ever let anybody else experience what I did or what Justin did or what Monique did and others have. I don't want that for my fellow countrymen, for my fellow Virginians. I don't think you do either. Thank you for listening. Let us hear from you. Bye-bye now.